my own personal office here. Uh, if you've stuck around from L1, hurrah, thank you, well done. And if you've just joined us, welcome. I'm Kate Hutchinson. I'm a freelance journalist and broadcaster, and I'm hosting this next conversation with a kind of, sounds like someone's scratching a record in the back of that, doesn't it? Wicka, wicka, woo. <laughs> Maybe that will continue and we'll have our own personal isolation soundtrack at the same time. Anyway, I'm hosting this next conversation, Music Discovery Today, with three leading lights from the UK music industry. On the Twitch chat, we've got Ben Beaumont-Thomas, music editor at The Guardian. Ben, you all good? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, excellent. I'm loving the artwork in the back there. It's not quite as good as prints, but you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We've, we've also got BBC broadcaster Jam Supernova. How's it going? Yeah, really good, thank you. Sorry about the, the blonde background. Yeah, uh, just using the laptop. So what we've got is some kind of weird uh, three-dimensional of my living room, basically. <laughs> and Che, Che Lingo, one of my favourite rising rappers, who was featured in SoundCloud's Creator Discovery programme, announced earlier this week called First on SoundCloud. Che, is it you making that weird noise? It's not me, you know. I'm just here. I, I, I hope it's not me anyway. Nothing in the room is moving, so... <laughs> it's stopped now. It was you. I knew it. It was. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, great to be here, though. Thank but, you so much. Yeah, well, thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, so we're going to be discovering... We had a bit in the first chat about music discovery in the isolation age, and we're going to continue that and broaden it out to look at what the music media is looking for in terms of new artists to interview and cover, how it's continuing to cover new music in a crisis, and also how the artists themselves are breaking through and making sure that they get heard. So if you've got questions, do pop them in the chat, as many as you can, keep it clean, keep it nice, and I'll read out as many as I can at the end of this. And uh, yeah, let's just, let's, let's start off by uh, talking about I guess I want to know how your day-to-day -day has changed. As an artist, Shay, what's different? What's happening? Um, I'll tell you the truth. I spend a lot of time in my house anyway, because um, obviously I have a home studio. So I, I find myself locked in my, in my living room recording a lot anyway. So in a time like this, um, it's more the kind of mental um, kind of limitation of knowing that I can't leave my house as opposed to you have the option to leave but you don't want to because you've got work to do it's like when I haven't got work to do I want to be able to leave my house do you know what I mean and I can't so I think between it's it's kind of and then balancing that mentally and being able to write music in the same space I think as an artist like you you need to have a certain level of stimulation about different about different scenarios and different situations and be in different situations to inspire different music you know what I mean so to constantly be in the same box every single day is is can be draining like mentally do you know what i mean but i generally speaking i do it's quite interesting because i do spend quite a lot of time in my house anyway so not much has changed so you're just you're just struggling to kind of you know focus in yeah maybe. kind of struggling to keep my mental in in an inspired place all the time when i'm trying to write music does that make sense like I can, yeah, yeah, things can just pop up in and around, in and around whatever situation or in even this one, do you know what I mean? But I think when I want to take my, my head elsewhere, 
it's difficult to picture that in my mind. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, absolutely, Shay. Jams, what about you? What's, I mean, how are you sort of adapting and reacting to what's going on in terms of being a broadcaster and a tastemaker? Yeah, so I kind of did my last radio show at the BBC. It would have been, I think, just, just at the end of March. And then since then, um, I've been recording from home. Um, so that's definitely been a kind of different way to to make radio. And it took me a couple of weeks to to kind of I get kind of wrap my head around it because we're not doing radio live, which is a difference. So my show's pre-recorded and on a Monday I pre-record two shows back to back. So one for BBC Radio One Extra and then one for Selector Radio. So luckily I, I've had equipment and stuff already and my partner's a producer. So he's got a great mic and a mic stand. So in terms of like the technology side of things, it's kind of shown me, okay, well, let's say I couldn't, for instance, one day make it into the studio, I could still create radio. And I think that being able to still be on air and have a creative outlet has definitely kind of helped me mentally. Um, even just getting some of the listeners' uh, messages that have been coming in and how much they've been kind of really needing the show or needing that sort of connection um, through, through music. So that's kind of been amazing. But, yeah, I definitely kind of missed um, just going to the studio and, and anything can happen in a live show. Um, and it kind of feels like slightly then after that, all my other sort of roles that I used to do. So obviously I, I DJ as well. So um, doing a lot of mixes from home, but running a label, it kind of feels like a, a lot more of a nine to five. Now I wake up, I shower, I work out or, you know, whatever order. And then I come and sit at the desk and this is and then it's the next day and then it's the next day. So there was always that kind of variety. You might have a meeting here. You might go for dinner with this person. And I kind of miss the spontaneity. Yeah, I, I have to say, I agree about doing live radio. I've been broadcasting my shows from home as well. And there's something extra magical, I think, about it. And extra magical also about being able to play new music to people and like introduce new artists. It somehow like makes it more meaningful almost. Um, ben, what about you? Guardian Music Editor, has, how has what's been going on the big P, how has the sort of, you know, your industry adapted to that? How has it affected what you're doing? Well, I mean, it's been an incredibly, incredibly busy, wild time for the news. And, you know, we've had, um, you know, almost double the amount of regular um, traffic to Guardian's website during this period. People are so hungry to have information. And, and some of that is based around music. And we're doing a lot of reporting around the impact that the pandemics having on the live sector and recorded music and so on um you know tragically there's been a number of quite high profile deaths of musicians um so you know rest in peace to the likes of ty and to john prine and a huge number of others who who um sadly caught this this illness so that's been a big part of what we've been doing but i think also um there's there's kind of a real desire for our readers to kind of have a bit of escapism as well and a bit of nostalgia uh and so we've been running kind of a few different series like um we're counting down at the moment the top 100 greatest uk number one singles of all time for example and that's something that i think people who are just being bombarded with the awfulness of the the, the reality of coronavirus and the and the sort of day-to-day -day political machinations I think people are kind of looking to music journalism as, as somewhere to kind of escape to a bit as well. And, and perhaps that that kind of 
nostalgia impulse is something we're we're seeing not just in journalism but i think you know in radio and um uh, you're hearing that as well a lot of kind of heartwarming bangers and kind of um sort of fun clashes and things like that being done on radio i think as a to give people something to kind of turn away and face in this kind of awful moment my favorite heartwarming bangers i love a heartwarming (laughs) banger um you, yeah, it, it's it's funny you mentioned about nostalgia. I think there was some sort of um, statistics that came out with on streaming platforms that showed, you know, the top artists were all kind of, you know, golden oldies, if you like. It was all older music that had been released. If that's the case, right, and everybody is just going hardcore for nostalgia, how does that affect new artists? Shay, how, how have you found lockdown impacting like you know what you're working on have you have you released a project during this time have you found it easier or harder to make your voice heard um that's a tough one i think what's really what's i think the first thing that's important for me is is to stay stimulated is to stay um engaged and to use the time effectively or to use the time in a way that in a way that makes me happy both like emotionally and, and and keeps me stable mentally. So the releases that I've been putting out since I've I've only released one song since the lockdown. Um, we had my block in Jan in in Feb, sorry, and then we had um, Black Ones featuring Gets um, in March. And obviously the lockdown started right, like literally a couple of weeks after um, we played the last show in London um, for Gets's tour. So, and then we released the song soon after, like the end of that month. So it was, it's, it's, it's kind of been weird. And obviously I'm working on an album right now, my first, my debut album. So it's kind of been weird to experience that whilst I'm, whilst I'm in, whilst I'm in lockdown. Um, I think I've, I've tried to find ways to, to mix songs and stuff. You, you have to, innit? You, you adapt to the times and you kind of, you kind of move with it and you do your best. Similarly to how a lot of this stuff is kind of happening now and it's, it keeps everybody engaged. It keeps everybody kind of leveled out, and it keeps me leveled out anyway. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, what what we've been doing is just kind of finding different ways to build and and move move through um, the communication barriers that are best kind of utilized when you're face to face. So like, there's nothing like being in a room with a producer when you're making a song, especially if you're working on an album. Nothing like that in the world. You know what I mean? Like, you might not even know that producer as a person prior to having been in the studio with them, but you could leave the studio and that's your brother or sister now. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. now if you're if you're if you're working on ideas with, with producers or working on ideas of songs with people and you you might not be the most inspired because of the fact that you can't leave your house and experience a little bit more of, of the life we're all entitled to, it's like it's like that is is a difficult thing to get your head around. But when but even in those adversities you still find ways to do it. So like I'm still I'm now doing similar things like this. And then um, changing the inputs on my studio so that we, so that me and the producer can mix live on on Zoom, for example. Do you know what I mean? Things like that, like just trying to be able to go back and forth and stay and stay proactive and and keep your mind in a space where it's like, okay, this isn't locking down absolutely everything and all of my possibilities. It might not be mm. the absolute best way, and things might take a little bit longer, but. I guess the longer it takes, the more engaged you are with it. Do you know what I mean? Especially if you've got not a lot else to do other than work. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've been focusing, like you said, on your album, but have you felt 
a pressure to, you know, put out new music. Is this a good time to be releasing new music or not? Um, I don't, I don't really think there's been a pressure more so than, more so than just a want as an artist. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think the, the, the thing for me more is are the people that are going to help me put the music out available to do that? Do you know what I mean? I've, have they got family members that might be ill? It's like, it's more of a consideration of everyone that might not be in front of the camera, but behind it as well, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And I think just kind of figuring out where things are with people is, is, is more, is it, it takes more of a priority to me than the pressure. Does that make sense of, Oh, I need to yeah. put a song out because everyone's at home. Like, I don't really feel like that. I, like I try and work to my own pace and I think that's the best way to do it because your fans might cross over with other artists' fans, but they're still engaged with your timeline and what you want, do you know what I mean? Rather than trying to meet deadlines when artists are not releasing or try to hit certain pockets and certain windows, you, I think that for me anyway, I think I believe the best way to do it is to try and create your own curve and your own timeline. So even if, even if this isn't the best time to like post, post your announcement on Instagram, for the general kind of timeline, it might work for your mm -hmm. fans because you know that they're online at those times, you know what I mean? Or the people that most engage with you. I think, I think it's a time for, I think this time, less than pressure is a time for people to study and get to know their fans. Do you know what I mean? A little so bit it's more about, understand. So it's about getting to, yeah, getting to know your fan base yeah. and, and understanding what they, what they want. Exactly, yes. and, and, and how they move. Thank you, Shay. Jams, but do you, I mean, is this a good time to be releasing new music or not? Do you agree with what Shay is saying? Or is it easier to cut through now? Or I, are yeah, you... I don't think it's uh, a bad time to be releasing music at all. Um, I mean, in terms of from a show perspective and me picking music for my show, if anything, my show has been increased to three hours a week and I'm still cutting 20 tracks a week of tracks that I would like to play, but I don't have the time to play. So the amount of music that's still coming in hasn't changed. The volume of emails that I'm getting uh, hasn't changed. When I'm searching for music online, um, there's still a wealth of places to go and find music and fall down holes and, you know, and relationships that I've built with artists over the years, they're really active. And I think that the reason why, particularly in my scene, which is kind of like the alternative R&B, soul and electronic scene, why that is is because a lot of these artists already had home setups a lot of these artists already would work from home for them being on lockdown doesn't change anything whereas i think if you were to think of a show that was very drill 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 based and uk rap based where there's so much more uh, need to have a video that needs to drop on grm at this time you know i think that there might be some hindrances there in terms of getting music out um but for my scene i think it, it's, it's it's actually if anything it's been quite overwhelming the amount of music um so i don't think there's ever a, a bad time to release music i understand what shay was saying about you know the consideration you know when um you know even when you might get an email with someone chasing you for the fourth time we are in a pandemic you don't know what's I haven't got back to you in an email for the fourth time, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it's kind of like, all right, guys, let's just chill out a little bit. I'm home. <laughs> doesn't mean I'm, I'm home waiting for you. Um, you mm. know, I still have other things to, to be doing and getting on with. But I, I, I think it's as good as time as any, and I do think that I'm listening to music differently. So now I'm kind of, I'll give something a third listen or a fourth listen, whereas before lockdown, I'm, I'm rushing to get my show finished. You know, I've come back from DJ and I've got two nights to short out, two shows, um, and I'm kind of rushing through it, whereas now I have a little bit more time to kind of really sit and be like, no, let me just listen to that song one more time. Do you know, or let me go back to that song, actually. Let me give that song another play. And I think that 
what it's allowed me to do is just slow down a little bit and and receive music differently mm. ben do you what i mean what's your take on that have you have you seen anybody that's been nailing lockdown or are there any artists that you feel are doing a really good job of connecting and promoting themselves digitally um yeah i mean i actually someone we've got an interview with next week i think is someone who i think uh is, is done an amazing job is this guy blixer bargeld who um he's the front man of a german group called uh einzustunde neubarten uh and they were kind of formed in like 1980 and they kind of did all these crazy gigs where they would have um you know cement mixers on stage and like smash up the break up the stage with pneumatic drills and like pour like lighter fluid on each other and it's like a, a really extreme band they're kind of mellowing a bit in their in their old age and uh blixer is their front man he played with nick cave uh for a few years as well and his thing is he does like live cook-alongs on his uh, Patreon and, and on, then gets later put onto Instagram. And so his fans all kind of will cook a meal with him. He'll be like, film just doing that and they'll have chat, like dancing around his kitchen. And it's kind of, he's, he's not necessarily kind of performing music. Um, but I, I think that's maybe quite a good thing to do in this moment as an artist, do something that's kind of, um very sort of immediate and humorous and sort of just feels like you're you're sort of accessing your fans in a very sort of immediate authentic one-on-one -on -one way rather than kind of I, I think you can do interesting things with um live stream performance and so on but it can start to feel maybe a little bit earnest and it can be hard to differentiate one kind of live streams in your bedroom performance from another one um so you know like amber mark was doing absolutely fantastic ones right at the beginning and she just sort of took that and just ran with it and was doing these really great off-the-cuff videos and i think a lot of other people have started to do that sort of thing and it's sort of maybe a little bit harder to to make that really pop now whereas yeah doing some kind of italian cookery is a bit of a different vibe and and you know really entertaining for it i think you go, Jams, you go, Jams. Um, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought it might be good to add here um, the kind of case study of like swarms and Tory lanes. Uh, so they've been doing IG lives where they kind of get, um, I guess, yeah, they get people to come and twerk basically on their IG, on their IG lives. So Tory lanes kind of started it with a more kind of US focus and then swarms has come in with a kind of more UK focus and whether or not you agree with the content or whether or not you're into the content, I've found myself on there a few times um, <laughs> is one thing or not. But the fact that if you look at swarms, his Instagram has gone up to 1 million followers. I don't know many, um, you know, UK rappers at his size musically and where he's positioned musically that have got 1 million followers and it's been since lockdown that he's managed to have that growth and whether or not it's gonna wow. translate into his music and streams and sales and people going to see him on the show we'll have to wait and see but um that's been quite interesting to watch is that that's what his audience want to see that's so interesting i was just gonna say Shay, have you have you considered you know like what's your what's your delicacy? Have you considered you know doing cooking with Shay? Um, do you know what's so? I tell you the craziest thing here is that my next single is called Spaghetti. So the 
the fact that this has come up is is insane. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of a, a seafood tagliatelle. That's how that's how I how I hooked my partner. So yeah, that's that's kind of my specialty. Oh, interesting. That would be really that would really be cool cool to watch actually. Kind of like dinner an IG dinner dates. You know. Do you know what? I might that we might add that to the plan now. Why not? All right, I'll Why charge not? you later. <laughs> I just I just wanted to go back to something that um Ben said, which was about I'm the Neubart and I can't I can't say them properly. And that was I was gonna make thank you. I was gonna make a sweeping generalization, which was that I wondered whether with with kind of news outlets and radio um stations looking for news and that news coming from kind of people that are doing innovative stuff on the internet i wondered whether that meant that it was like easier for new artists to cut through or actually whether like older artists that might not be so digitally you know um you might not, not might not know how to use all the technology and the gadgets like as you know they don't have a TikTok or whatever whether that means that they're actually going to get less of a window than some cool new artist that's doing, yeah, like an IG dinner date or something. But you've kind of just proved that theory, Ben. Um, has has this has what's going on the big P? Has that changed the way that you're engaging with new music at all, Ben, or new artists? Has it changed discoverability for you? No, if it has so much for me, partly because I think The Guardian is slightly different from the rest of kind of um, music journalism per se. You know, we're part of a, a newspaper and we're kind of more news focused and we've got such a broad audience that it's less about kind of pushing brand new, never before heard artists for us. I think for someone um, like me, I'm kind of more interested in kind of picking up on people who have a really amazing story uh something kind of really moving or funny about their lives that um that that will kind of hook in all of our readers not just the kind of music heads so for me you know we we put megan the stallion on the cover of our film music section last week and obviously she is someone who everyone in the you know rap world has has been fully aware of for over two years for many of our readers she's a complete unknown still so and, and you know in the week that she does her Beyonce remix that's the kind of that's the time when we're often bringing artists to people in that kind of moment where they're just kind of hitting a wider um sort of awareness really so I I for me I don't think it's actually changed too much in terms of the amount of new artists we're pushing and uh it, it I think that sort of the rules stay the same, I think. And I'd say this is probably the same for quite a lot of magazines and, and newspapers as well, is that the, the artists that we tend to push, there has to be something kind of around the music, um, the, the, a story we can tell about them. So whether that's, you know, they're politically engaged in some way or socially engaged, or they've had a real sort of wild personal life story, um, it kind of needs that as well as the sort of excellent music as well um, for us, which is which is obviously a bit different for um, for kind of specialist music titles. I mean, there's definitely been an upsurge in lockdown culture coverage 
in the section I'm, I've written something for you about um, what you know bands in isolation and whether they can hack it whether they'll survive um, quarantine but is there is there a chance that you know a new artist could do something really interesting online like like your German mates and that potentially could get covered like the more the more sort of uh, innovative you can be in the digital live streaming space or realm would would that have a trickle down effect do you think yeah i mean uh you know i think there's there's been a number of really interesting initiatives that we are sort of have been focusing on we're hoping to do a piece on the whole uh no signal phenomenon which has obviously been one of the defining sort of music um things in the uk over the last few weeks if if you haven't seen this, it's a, a community radio station in the UK that sort of sets up these clashes uh, between artists where the, the hosts will kind of basically do a sound clash between uh, between two artists and they'll sort of battle tracks back and forth. And this has become one of the most popular things on social media during the lockdown. And, um, you know, it's really broken through in a massive way for such a small station. And and it's and I think it's it's things like that that suddenly feel this is really exciting. This is rooted in right now. And, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, a huge major star um, doing something like that. It can be, it, it's almost more interesting if it's someone really, really small scale who has something new to say and or is doing something innovative during during the lockdown. Yeah, those have been so great. I've also been obsessed with verses. I think the, the kind of idea of the battle format has been having a sort of real kind of renaissance or it's being redefined in a way it feels like the uh, erica maybe the trouble with it is 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 it kind of goes back to that point of nostalgia again you know and, and i think this is the kind of thing that people want you know everyone wants to get hyped up by by clashes but it, it tends to be artists you that you're already familiar with it's sort of music that you're comfortable with and that, that like brings out those kind of uh, nostalgic feels basically and so I while I totally champion all of those things I can totally see why everyone's kind of getting so on board with them and I absolutely love them as well I think for new artists I can see how they might be nervous thinking can I cut through in this moment where everyone's sort of focus on nostalgia and and maybe is kind of taking their eyes off new music especially as Che said you know you, there's new artists maybe haven't got as much to kind of write new material about because they're not kind of out in the world um, experiencing new things. Uh, and yeah, I think it, it, we're getting to a point where it could be difficult for, for new music to really, really cut through. Well, let's, let's talk about some of the, you know, ways in which we can find new artists. Jams, did you want to add something to that? Yeah, I was just kind of going to say, I kind of see this period of time that we're in as like ground zero. And I kind of feel like in all the different creative mediums, whether it's music or not, um, it's anybody's game. So I kind of feel like any, it's, it's kind of any, it's, it's up for the grabs. Anybody can create some content that can potentially go viral. But I do think that in this time, if you are a smaller artist, then I do think it, it rather than thinking about how to get a viral moment, it would probably be wiser to think about how to, if people are at home and people are engaging and things like that, then how would it be, how would you try and build a fan base? So that when you kind of emerge out of this period of time, you have a fan base, whoever it's you're going to do, you know, we have a lot of artists, especially on the um, Selector Radio show for the British Council, which is a lot more 
um, emerging and kind of broader than what I play on one extra. A lot of people, we've been encouraging them to submit isolation creations and artists have gone away and created records exclusively for us, uh, remixed their own songs, done stripped back sessions. Um, so I do think that there feels like there is a lot of opportunity for smaller artists to to kind of speak directly to, I guess, those those gatekeepers. Um, DJ Target's been doing his notice board where he invites people onto his IG uh, to perform. And then, if you know, some of those artists have then gone on to be played on his Monday night one extra show. So I think that the opportunities have been out there. I did something with Notion and Spin Up, um, which is basically like every day on Notion was a performance from an emerging artist coming through Spin Up. They did a competition for two artists to be able to win a slot. Um, so it feels like there's a lot of opportunities. And I saw a, a young artist that I know writing that is like, yeah, like it feels like a really exciting time to you can just pop up in Steph London's IG and start singing to her it feels like there's an excitement around that that's really interesting I mean in terms of this is a bit broad but in terms of finding new artists where, where are you looking to are you are you kind of you know watching DJ live streams to kind of see what's hot has anything changed for you in the kind of last few months or is that what platforms do you tend to go to Nothing's changed in the way that I find music. So I kind of have it like a, a couple of different pronged approaches because for me, musical discovery is like, that's kind of, I guess, what I've built my brand on and the part of my radio show that I find the most enjoyable, not not the email side of things. So I've always kind of been a kid of the internet, <laughs> whether that, you know, I kind of launched my whole um, brand on SoundCloud and I would play people that I was finding on SoundCloud. I'd go back through the seven days of my feed and then that was what would be what made my radio show and represent. So the only thing that's kind of shifted in that sense is that I, I still go on blogs. You know, I know that a lot of people think that blogs are a dying thing, but I, there's nothing that I enjoy more than reading and listening uh, to articles and hearing about new artists. Um, there's more and more playlists that are popping up on Spotify that aren't kind of algorithm driven, but editori editorially driven by actual, by people um, that I enjoy checking out. And then I kind of have the network of artists that I've already played or I've come into contact with that kind of send me stuff and keep me updated. And then I have two email inboxes. So I have an email inbox, which Ooh. is my official, Two, I have two, yeah. So email inbox, which is my official inbox. So that kind of everything Jam Supernova related comes into that. And then I have a music submission email inbox. Um, and then this year I recently took somebody on, so towards the end of last year, I took somebody on um, on a retainer basis to go through the submission e emails. And every week he'll bring me the top 10 uh, of his favorite submissions that have come through. And then probably at least three or four of them will make it into my show. So yeah, that's the kind of double, triple, quadruple pronged approach that I take to finding music. But that submission email, some beautiful records have come through. And the reason why I didn't want to let that email address just kind of build up and build up, because these are genuine small time grassroots artists that are emailing me directly with the hopes of being heard. And whilst I can't physically go through it all myself, I can get someone on board to help me. That's great. That's that's given me a that's given me a good idea, James. Myself, that's brilliant. Um, <laughs> Do it, Shay. I just I, I'd really like to know, Shay, about your strategy as a new artist. You're very much kind of in charge of everything that you're doing. You're a DIY artist. You held off being signed for such a long time before Idris Elba managed to lure you into his world. <laughs> so, you know what's what's your kind of game plan what platforms are you making sure that you're on 
what what social media stuff are you doing what kind of regular things are you thinking about what's going on um i think i'm more taking it as time to whilst trying to build this album into into something amazing that i hope everyone in this chat and everyone listening will enjoy um i'm trying to like take this time to to reflect because i think i think it's important it's like there's a there's there's a bit of a pressure that i understand exists um i don't i don't think i personally feel it as much but there's a bit of a pressure that understands exists to just create because we have more time and can't do anything as more as much as we could do before do you know what i mean so i think with that it I, it's, it's also important to take time to not do anything do you know what i mean like to actually just absorb the idea of just being with yourself and 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 learning new things about yourself and i think in in my approaches to social media and things they haven't really changed that much i just find myself engaging with people who engage with me more like aside from the risk is proof which is my motto and, and my independent label before i signed to to idris's label um seven wallace i think i think i was just making sure like i'm a massive advocate of just making sure you're doing what makes you comfortable and what makes you happy because I think as a as a breakout artist or as an artist that's that's been developing and been growing for a long time, um, five, six plus years now, um, to get to this point, it kind of it kind of became a thing where I had to kind of move to the beat of my own drum so that I had leverage in my in my in in my opinions of what I deserve or what my value is as an artist. And I think something to touch on what Jam said is like you have to you have to kind of decide what kind of content you want to put out before you start putting it out you can always change your mind but you might lose some fans or you might lose some supporters or 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 some writers or some some editors along the way because at the end of the day people want a story to follow like ben said do you know what i mean it's it's very much about just doing your best to create your own rhythm and i think with that i've i've taken a very similar approach to how i took it on social media before um and, and my approach to music and releases is is quite similar as well because I, I just find it doesn't need to change because because things are changing. If anything, it needs to be even more more prolific and more unique for who I am because people are more on their screens. Does that make sense? I think that does make sense. Uh, sorry, Jams, you go. Yeah, I just kind of want to jump. Sorry, I'm just all got all so much chat today. <laughs> I just want to jump in and say, I think with Shay Lingo, you know, we've probably all of us on this chat have had individual relationships with Shay Lingo, but I think what really makes him stand out is that you really buy into his DIY aesthetics. So whether now he's signed to Idris or before when he was doing it himself, you feel the hunger and you want to be a part of his story. And I remember him, you know, emailing me himself. And even when he was moving up in his career, he would still find the time to email me to he's securing his own premier years he's asking you know questions like who else should I send it to and things like that like I, I think that he's he's been really good at building relationships and keeping people in touch with him and on his journey and his story and I think that nowadays as an artist I don't think you can just be an artist I think you have to have a little bit of managerial insight not just not not to know everything but have that kind of thought process that creative process i've made a record how am i gonna what are the socials gonna look like am i gonna do ad spend here um am i gonna am i gonna make a youtube lyric video you know what day is it gonna drop and i do think that to cut through the noise it's not you can't just put your song out into the internet and hope that people find it nowadays i just want to add to that as well yeah um just just to just to go off that jams is obviously one of the first um ma mainstream radio djs to kind of endorse me in in, the, in its entirety just from an integral point do you know what i mean like like she said i'm i'm emailing her myself but when i when i first started making music 
it wasn't from a point of it wasn't from a point of I just want to be super famous and get all the attention. It was like I don't care if I become famous or not. I just want to have a sustainable career in music because it's the thing I love to do. Does that make sense? It's it wasn't about like being the most successful or being the most famous. It was I love music so much that I want to be able to do it for the rest of my life, but I know I need money. Do you know what I mean? To kind of be able to do that. So it's like, how do I integrate myself into all these different spaces? I was in the, in the beginning, I was writing my own press releases. I was like Jam said, securing my own premieres all the way up to, all the way up to Beats One and, and, and BBC One Extra, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was, there was a lot of things I was just doing myself. Um, and, and that gave me kind of a prowess and a savvy to, to cut through the noise of, of not just, not just, Kind of the the what's in front of the camera but again what's behind it it was it was very much to do with like what what pr should we go with what who who should we who should we work with to help us move the music do you know what i mean and because i had a savvy and an understanding of how to do those things myself i believe i saved myself a lot of time energy and probably money in the, in the long run do you know what i mean because it mm. it helps you it helps you understand that there isn't an us and them kind of situation it's just everybody's doing a job and who do you want to do the job with? Who do you trust most to do the job? But if you don't have any understanding of what that job is, even if, even in its smallest kind of form, respective to that person's craft, because I'm not a PR, I'm not a plugger, I'm not, do you know what I mean? I'm not a presenter, I'm not a writer. I'm in in the same sense that maybe Ben is. Do you know what I mean? I'm 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 a, I'm an artist, but understanding all the breaths and all the ways to um to to propel your art to me is a way of respecting the people that now work for you or work with you on on moving your music do you know what i mean because you understand yeah. what times to an extent what times they do and don't have and yeah like jam said the relationships with me are, are extremely important especially because the kind of the kind of music i make and the kind of hip-hop and and r&b crossovers i do are quite niche to what is popular do you know what i mean so i kind of need to rely without it sounding contrived or, or sociopathic in any way i need to rely more on how to understand the people that are propelling my music because they need to want to champion me but if i don't if i don't take the emotional intelligence and use my emotional sensibilities to understand their worlds how am i ever going to get that do you know what i mean so i get so i i'm getting this i'm getting the sense um, that leveling up is important and authenticity is important and ben definitely you wanted to chip in i, I like the way that um Shay used the word propel there because I think that's that's a really key thing is that you, as Jam said, I think you the artists do need to kind of create this bedrock of you know management and PR and and kind of being aware of all of those tools that that do get you noticed because you do kind of have to sort of as an artist haul yourself up onto kind of the the flat roof of the of, of the industry to even sort of start to get noticed. I think then it's the it's the art that propels you higher at that point you know the the guardian um any kind of i think music press isn't so much now as it would have been maybe back in the even as recently as the early 2000s it's not so much a place to kind of break artists so much now i think it's more a place to kind of deepen uh an audience's relationship with the artist so you can kind of understand where their heads are and their their whole sort of wider story i think what breaks amazing music now is amazing music and because of the kind of the almost sort of meritocracy that you have on streaming now uh, where everyone can kind of access all music that that does tend to kind of push up 
quality music that people really love and that really resonates with them sort of up for up into people's awareness and so i think it's as shay said you know this moment now is a is a really kind of valuable one to not only kind of maybe consolidate who who am i as an artist what's my kind of business plan and the sort of the side but also to sort of think what what do i want to say what 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 is my art going to be because that actually though that ultimately at the end of the day that is that's the thing that sets you apart that's how we've seen kind of away from um sort of rap and hip-hop i was just thinking when Jay was was talking you know artists like people like big thief you know popped into my head you know this is a band who are just just absolutely almost objectively amazing band and they went from playing tiny little rooms in london to playing hammersmith apollo in the space of a year and a half and that that's off the basis of absolutely sensational music you know far more than the kind of story or a or a sort of narrative around them so i think you know it's it's that that, that music itself will will propel you into people's lives hmm. thank you i'm gonna i'm gonna ask one last question and be devil's advocate before we open it up to everybody that's been watching there's lots of great questions that have come through and they're quite broad so i'm probably gonna give you kind of one each and we'll do a sort of quick fire round like blind date or something um, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I hear that, you know, that you have to, you know, the best music will run, the cream will rise to the top and, you know, you, you have to build a fan base and be patient and you have to understand all the kind of elements of the music industry and what it means to have a career as an artist. But I just, I would just like to know right now, what is one thing that artist you know, a SoundCloud creator, whoever it is that's watching, be doing right now to be seen and heard. What's the what's one thing that they could do now to to sort of step a level up, maybe? Jabs, do you want to start? I think. Shay, do you want to start? Yeah, you go. You go. <laughs> oh, you Me go, Shay. I'll go after. You go first. I'll right, go after. Cool. <laughs> I think I think there's a few things they could be doing, and the, but for me, the main one that's worked for me is is gratitude. It's just, it's just, if somebody's written about your song in the time that you've released it, go on, go on to the article, find their social media and send them a message and say, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's those kind of things. It's, it's, if somebody mm -hmm. tweets about your song, do your best to kind of respond to them in some way, or at least remember their at so later down, you can, you can then send them a message or, or you get me do something, do something to kind of show them that you're not, you're not trying to separate yourself from them when it matters. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Like a big thing for me is just go where the love is. You know what I mean? It's just about going, going where the love is. And I think a lot of people enter the industry or enter, enter, enter music thinking, like Jam said, you could just put a song on the internet and because your song's amazing, it will just go. But I think the other half, the whole other half of that is the relationships you build with not just the people behind the camera, but also the people are actually engaging with your music. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not about cutting through to a gatekeeper. It's about building your fan base to the point where you're you're in the six degrees of separation with said gatekeeper. Do you know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. I think that's more where where artists need to come from. And to do that, you just need to have not long or extend like extensive conversations, but just just engage a little bit more. And 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 hopefully we all have the time to do that a little bit more. But I know I do. I've I've been trying to do that for a long time. And one of the things I vowed to myself was that 
because I didn't want to feel separated from from the people that support me and understand me. I just try my best to respond when I can. Do you know what I mean? I've been, I've, I, I did my 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 debut tour last year off of two EPs, um, regionally, and and I made a point of saying at every single show, this is my real name, by the way, because you lot bothered to come out to my first my first um tour. Do you know what I mean? And also, if there's if there's if you're in an environment or a space where mentally you can't you can't communicate with people, you're suffering from something that you that you don't really understand yourself, and you just want somebody objective to speak to, just send me a DM. I might not get back to it for a month, but I'll do my best. Do you know what I mean? And I'm, I've, I've proclaimed that through through everybody who takes the time to bother to do something extra than what than what somebody that might call a general fan might do. The behavior of a, like a general fan. Do you know what I mean? Which is just to engage with mm. your music and keep it moving. I think I think those things are important. So I think just to kind of take the time to understand who your fans are and who the people that support you are, and and to engage with some of them if you feel like if you feel like that's a safe thing to do for you. Great, thank you, Shay. I would say um, the first thing that I would say, I don't think it's an, I don't think it's enough to have one amazing amazing record. I would if you're, if you're an artist right now and you're watching, I would really sit, find some time during this period to take some time to look at the what do the next twelve months look like? What do you want the next twelve months to look like? And I would try and bank, go through your demos folder, go through the songs that you've unfinished, go through all the songs that you have, and I would find in the in those I was find the six best records and finish them and get them to a point that you're you're ready for them to be released and then I would have a strategy of how you're going to release that music over the next 12 months and I guarantee that if for every record you come up with a sick social media strategy you think about what PRs you might want to send it to and or what blogs you might want to send it to by finding their emails or finding what articles they write about you know artists that are similar to you uh, you find out what radio shows are playing artists that are similar to you you try and find a way to get the music for each of those records and by the end of those 12 months I guarantee you will be heard and seen. Okay, Ben? In terms of uh, the press side of things, the, the most kind of refreshing and powerful thing that you can do as an artist is just be um, honest and, and not kind of second guess yourself when you're speaking to either the public as sort of Shay saying whether, you know, whether you're engaging with your fans immediately or whether you're talking to a journalist, you know, be honest, be frank, be um, iconoclastic. Don't worry about what people are going to sort of, don't second guess what people might think about your opinions. Just sort of speak your truth to the world in a, in a kind of unfiltered way. And I think that that's from the very top level of artists, you know, like Ariana Grande, she she has generated the sort of level of love that she has or, or Cardi B or someone of that nature, you know, they're, these these artists are adored because they're unfiltered, because they're real, because they speak what they have to, how they see the world. Um, and I think if if you're sort of trying to second guess what you should be, or or you're sort of filtering yourself in a way, the public can can tell that, and and it's and it's dull, frankly. And I think you you want to to be sort of entertaining and engaging and, and honest and, and that will kind of create a rapport with, with your audience. I think that that's so brilliant guys that's 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 answered a lot of the questions that have come through actually but we do have some other ones I mean we're talking about engaging with your fan base and knowing your fan base but what about actually starting a fan base um AW Black or Black says 
how does one finally gain a following like that? I've been making music for a long time and nothing's really picked up like I'd like it to. How in, the, in, an, in an age where you can't go and just play a gig and invite your friends along and, and, and sort of do it that way, do you have any suggestions for how to actually get followers in the first place? I think collaboration is really uh, something that we've kind of, you know, has been quite popular over the over the recent years. And obviously with streaming, I think it's become even more um, prevalent in music because, you know, it's combining people's fan bases together, ideally, or you being able to, you know, be on a, be, be, take someone else's fan base. Um, and whilst you can't go on support tours right now and you can't do it in the sort of live set, and I think collaboration is key. And when I was doing um, that work with Notion and Spin Up, uh, so the artists that were coming through were all really emerging and they're all coming through this musical distributor, but they're all working with each other. So as I was doing my research into interviewing them, I'm starting to notice that they're all jumping on each other's songs. And what's happening is and they're kind of having this kind of like beehive uh, mentality and then together they're kind of rising at the same time. So I think collaboration, mm -hmm. collectives, being part of a community uh, is a way mm -hmm. to kind of build, build fan bases and, and take from other people basically. Somebody's also asked here. Go on, Ben. I want to, to do some research as well and kind of work out, you know, if you're thinking about trying to get signed or get noticed by a certain playlister or DJ or something like that. I think it's it's about finding the the roots, the real true route to that person. So um, you know. Like try and find people's sort of direct email addresses. You know, try and find the 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 kind of quickest pathway to the people who who you want to have listen to your music. You know, um, it, don't send things to sort of generic email addresses. I think it, it's it's really important to sort of identify the people who who are going to make who are going to be the sort of broadcasters for your music, and then kind of without stopping short of actually sort of harassing them, just making sure that it is kind of being sent to them by mail or over, you know by email or by dms and 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 kind of getting in front of the right people in that way i just quickly want to Somebody... touch on that before we move on as well yeah sorry yeah please um no no go be, for it. being a being a diy artist and and having done a, a lot of what um jams and ben have spoken about here um i think it's also important to un just take some time to understand that the people you're trying to reach out to are human beings. You know what I'm saying? As much as they have something that you you want, which is a platform to to share, you need to understand first and foremost that you're speaking to somebody that also has a mother and a, a mother and a father, hopefully, or was or was raised by some kind of parent. Do you know what I mean? And I think that is extremely important to remember. Like you're speaking to a human being. So speak to that and you're ask essentially you're asking them for something. You being an artist, there's like a humility that I believe you have to have, and I I always take you know I mean jams can definitely vouch for that, um, and and it, it's it's it comes from a place of just understanding that you you might want everything, but nobody owes you anything. Not even not even to read that email, unfortunately for you. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's it's just embracing that 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 energy and embracing embracing that work and understanding that if you love it deeply in your heart and you want to you really want to make a career of it, you'll have infinite energy to do it. You'll always find a way to do it. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's important to, it, on, on a foundational level, to, to learn how to write an email well, and also to learn how to present your music well, and always, always have something to say other than 
what you want from that person. So if you're about to shoot a video, mention that. If you're if you've shot the video and you and you've just got another um, blog or publication to help you with something, mention that. Do you know what I mean? Like people like to know other people like what you like as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's and and that's what creates your community, regardless of whether they're a writer or a presenter or whatever. So I think I think those are those are three foundational things. Learn how to write an email well. Remember that the person you're speaking to is a human, and always have a next step when when they do might not even expect a response and then you're stuck you know what i mean i got one last thing to I add sorry kate sorry one just just directly to that question they said that they've been doing music for a long time and it hasn't kind of taken off in the way that they have but there surely are if there's one person listening to your music maybe there's 10 people listening to your music there are some there is somebody listening to your music and i would try and talk to that fan make that fan or that that number of fan feel special if you're going to do a show if look when lockdown's finished and you know you've got 50 fans do a show for 50 people because word of mouth yep. is really strong and if you make those fans feel like they matter and you make them feel like you're doing it for them they will tell other people and other people will tell other people that is also a great suggestion um, thank you guys so much the the only thing that i was going to add is that we had a question ca that came in just bouncing off what Jans you were saying about collaborators. Shay, are you going to have any features on your debut oh. album? <laughs> um, oh. I am. I've, I've obviously gets gets and uh, this the track I released of gets black ones um, uh, last month is is definitely going to be on my album. Um, and I'm working on some features with with some some amazing. I was going to swear there some amazing artists, <laughs> like some incredibly incredibly amazing artists, and I would love to share them. But you're going to have to wait and see. Oh, brilliant! Well, but there thank are, you. Yes, Ever there are going to be features. There are there are guest features. Yeah, 100. 100%. Well, Shay, Ben, and Jams, thank you very much for joining us on this music discovery. Uh, installment of the cloud bar and if anybody is watching or for those who are watching stick around because there's more after this in about 10 minutes time thanks guys thanks, kate thank you Bye.